The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network on News Talk. Jess Kelly is with us to give us advice on, particularly for back to school and back to college, uh, what tech people need to support them in the way of laptops or anything else. If somebody's going to stump up for a laptop, mm-hmm. because it ain't cheap nope. among the devices that they buy, what should they think of? I think there are three main considerations that you should have in your head before you walk into a store or before you go online. And the reason for this is it's so easy to get bamboozled. You know, I spend a lot of time just roaming around tech stores and there's a huge choice, which is a great thing, but there's a lot of stuff on the little labels beside the devices. And 95% of it goes over, I would say, 99% of people's heads. So the three things that matter to every single person. Firstly, budget. Second, functionality. And third, portability. And I think if you have those three things in your head before you do anything, you are laughing. Um, Because you could buy something like a Chromebook for, say, 200 quid. Or you could go in and buy something for 1,400 quid. And depending on what you want to do, you're either getting a great deal or you're being ripped off. So I think you need to have your functionality in mind. And when I say functionality, the key question, and I say this to everybody, whether they're buying a, you know, a vacuum cleaner, a smartphone or a laptop, what do you want the device to do? If you are someone who is looking to buy a device to do basic work on, say, Google Docs, for example, all cloud-based things, maybe watch a bit of Netflix and chuck it in your backpack, you don't need to be spending more than €400. Just point blank, you do not need to be spending more than that. If, however, you're going to college and you're going to study something, say, like architecture, that's going to use software that is very, very demanding, only works with a certain operating system. So be that uh, the Mac OS or be that Windows, you're already being dictated to in terms of what you can consider. So ask yourself the question, what do I want it to do? And once you know that, you can then get into things like the portability. Because I remember when I was in college a million and one years ago now, sadly, uh, I had a Dell Inspiron that was a 15.1 inch screen and it weighed more than I did. (laughs) And I had that really awful shoulder pain the entire time. And it just wasn't practical for bringing up and down on the 63 bus to UCD every day. So those are the three key considerations. And once you have that, then you can delve deeper. Should you be thinking always of one device or do you say, well, okay, I'm going to get the big, giant, clunky laptop because it can give me all of the processing power and then I will get some form of tablet or something else that I will use for the portable making notes and lectures or is that just increasing the cost of everything? So there's two different schools of thought on this. You know, you could go down the route of getting a really good tablet, be that the iPad Air or the iPad Pro or the Samsung Tab S7, I think we're on now, or maybe eight, um, and getting a keyboard and having that as your main driver. So going into college, taking notes and all the rest and then investing in a really good monitor. So you have that ability when you're at home to plug it in. So if you're doing your essays and all the rest, you are sitting up and sitting away from the screen. You know, it's not enough for a laptop to be affordable and look great. It has to be practical for that day to day. I, again, during my time in college, at one stage I had a 10 inch um, little, do you remember the little netbooks? They were tiny and cute. But although it alleviated the shoulder pain from carrying a really heavy laptop, you did get that hunchback of Notre Dame thing of scrunching over a tiny little screen. So these small little day-to-day practicalities do dictate. I do think tablets have a role, particularly something like the iPad, which although it is more expensive than a standard Android tablet, you are getting a heck of a lot of power. I know journalists who use them and they do, I'd say, 80% of their work on those devices. The only compromise or one of the compromises you're making 
Firstly, it's not running something like Windows. So again, if you need any particular programs, that's not a runner. Uh, also, you're limited in terms of the ports that you have on the side. So if you're going to be someone that needs to plug in whatever type of USB um, adapters, that's not going to, to happen unless Although, you get extenders. And yeah, all that Amazon rest. for 30 quid, you'll get something that'll give you HDMI and SDS and all that crack. 100%. But again, in terms of the practicality, you don't want to be going in to do eight hours in the library and then kicking yourself because you forgot another blinking charger or adapter or something. So I think the more all-in-one-ness which is a technical term that you can achieve uh, the better you're going to be. In terms of some of that jargon that I mentioned that you see on the little dockets when you walk into a store, you're always going to see things like uh, uh, RAM or memory. You'll see the processor, you'll see the storage and obviously the the screen size and so on. This is a thing that I think is deeply unfair and I I remember you advising me on this before and you were talking about the Apple M1 chip when it was Mm. um, introduced and you, I can't, I think it was RAM that you were referring to, but you more or less said, look, you can ignore the RAM claims because the functionality of the way that they have use the chip with the rest of the operating platform means that it outperforms its core numbers. Well, particularly when it comes to Apple devices, right? So Apple devices are in a league of their own for a whole myriad of reasons. But, you know, a lot of the times, like I have a laptop in front of me, actually, I thought it was at my desk, but it's in front of me. And it'll say things like, you know, I have uh, 16 gigs of RAM, I have this amount on my hard drive. But when you set it up, portions of that is already allocated to just the day-to-day running of the machine. So again, I wouldn't live and die by, you know, trying to get the highest number or get the fanciest number or getting the most expensive machine. The one that jumps out for me, if you are someone who's looking to buy a laptop that is going to be, uh, you know, put through the ringer in terms of software applications, just constant use of heavy-duty programs, the minimum you should look for on that little sheet is 8 gigs of RAM. So it'll either be written down RAM or memory. So eight gigs of RAM, I think, is the minimum. The storage is not something that I would be overly swayed by now. You know, you could get a terabyte hard drive. You could get 256 gigs of uh, in terms of storage space. I am lucky in the sense that I can always access the cloud. And I think if you live somewhere that has good connectivity, the cloud is your friend. Because it means that if you're in the middle of working on a document and your laptop dies, it'll have been auto-saved into the cloud. So you're saving yourself a ton of headaches. So the, the storage doesn't necessarily and matter. presumably if you don't have regular cloud access, you can also just buy your own home hard drive that 100%. you can just keep dumping into if you need to. Exactly, yeah. So it's not, that's not something that would be a big push or pull factor when it comes to these devices. The other thing that you'll see is the processor. So you'll see things like the Intel Core i5 or the i7 or the AMD Ryzen 5. So the, there's the 5 the, and there's the 7. They're the key ones, right? Of course, yeah. Obviously, totally. I'm t- Explaining something to you already know. Look, the the bigger the number, again, the more powerful. However, the more powerful means the more battery drain. So unless you are going to be, again, putting a device massively through the ringer, and I don't anticipate, I wouldn't imagine the majority of college or school children will be doing this. The i5 processor is grand. Like, it's completely fine. It's more than, you know, most people would need for day-to-day computing. So don't let any of those be bamboozled. If you're going to make a compromise, I would compromise on everything else on the spec sheet except for the memory or RAM and I would not go below 8 gigs of RAM if you are looking to do something more intensive than just Google Docs and a bit of Netflix. Text saying, um, Jess, I stupidly deleted one thread of important text from my Messenger app. All texts to and from one number. Is there any way I can recover them? Um, It depends on the phone. Uh, If it's in iCloud, so if it's an iPhone, you could be able to do... uh, 
backup thing. You know the way you can back up to a time capsule, I think is the, is the terminology I've they use. I've never been able to make them work. I, I've tried and it's the reason I'm grey at 33. It's so stressful. I just wouldn't do it unless you absolutely have to. Uh, the other thing is you could go to a specialist like back from uh, Back to the Future here on Anger Street. They are Apple specialists and they'd be able to help. There's also select stores right around the country. Again, they're Apple specialists. If it's an iPhone, um, if it's an Android phone, you should be able to go in if you've backed up your device to your Google Drive again dating back to you know when you know that you lost those messages you should be able to find it in there but if you want to email techtalk at newstalk.com I will get back to you with a full breakdown You mentioned that thing of the dividing line between watching a bit of Netflix doing some uh, basic word processing work Mm. and all the rest of it versus more complicated uh, text asking what laptop would you recommend for working with photos? I'm joining a camera club and therefore I need one to do that. So does that fit in the Netflix and a bit of other stuff or is that more complicated? That's more complicated, uh, particularly if you're serious about your photographs. And by that, I mean taking huge files. You know, if you have a Notions camera, again, technical term, uh, the files that they capture are massive. We bought a drone recently and we've been playing around with it just for fun. And those files are massive. So you want something that is going to be able to render those images, process those images and do stuff with them. Um, uh, personally speaking, I don't think you can beat a Mac when it comes to anything creative like that. So whether it is photo or video editing, I just think they're the way to go. Uh, so you could look at something like the iPad Pro or you could go down the route of the new MacBook Air looks very, very good or a MacBook Pro. And the new MacBook Air, that's the that's with the M2 now, is it? Yeah, very, very powerful. They've also gotten rid of that sort of um, wedge of cheese design. It's all blocky, so it looks more like a MacBook Pro, um, but they are incredibly powerful machines. I bought a new high-spec laptop, says a text, in March 2020, only to find 18 months later that it won't upgrade to Windows 11. Why not? Because the CPU processor had been released in 2015 and it was therefore deemed too old. A laptop should not be obsolete after 18 months. No, and this is a big issue. And, you know, this is why I think you need to go eyes wide open to a lot of the sales that a lot of retailers are going to be doing now over the next little while in terms of a great back to school, back to college deal. You'll get this amazing laptop with great spec. But you do need to ask the question in terms of longevity. Um, It is worth checking a lot of the machines that you'll buy today will still have Windows 10. So if you go just to the Microsoft.com website, you'll be able to read the requirements for Windows 11. And if you just have that as a screenshot on your phone and do that comparison, uh, hopefully you won't run into that issue. Why do they make it that the update of the, uh, particularly if it's an Apple device, the the iOS update eventually gets to the point where your laptop goes, I'm sorry, my brain isn't large enough for this. Like, I liked the way you worked just fine I didn't need you to be overwhelmed. Because sometimes they just have to do that just to ruin your day. <laughs> Don't you wow me with technical terms. There you go. Jess Kelly, thank you so much. That is News Talks technology correspondent Jess Kelly. Big thank you to everybody on the show today. Reminder, if you missed anything, you can listen back to the podcasts on the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.